Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello. Welcome to Off the Bench for another week. Rob Beaver with you on your Saturday morning. Hope you're well wherever you are in the beautiful state of Western Australia. As I say, hello, welcome, welcome back to Paul Hazelby and I. Usually, and and myself and Mark Reddings, if you've listened the last couple of weeks, which I'm sure you would have, you'd know that we've been taking the absolute PI double five out of you because... Three and a half months into the year, I reckon you've been here for three episodes, but a good reason why you were away last week. It's great to have you back. Sorry, Beaver. Sorry I had to go up there and try and make a difference in my (laughs) home community, which has given so much to me over my time in footy and growing up. Uh, To all those people in Northampton, Calbarry, and the surrounding areas, we hope you're going okay. It was pretty tough, I must admit, going into the town. Couldn't believe the damage that was done by Cyclone Saroja. But luckily, it's a strong community. It's a resilient community. There will be some people that are doing it tough up there, Beaver, but they will get through. And guess what? This Sunday, footy starts up there. So the mighty Rams, the Northampton Rams, taking on Chapman Valley, which is the neighbouring district town. And this is the big Anzac Day clash. And they're predicting a record crowd there at Northampton. So maybe a 1,000 people to get around. If you want to go, get along and enjoy the day. Uh, Lots of emotion will be there. And I'm sure Northampton, with Harry Taylor playing his first game, They'll be uh, acquitting themselves very well. Uh, looking forward to that now. A reminder, double demerits are now in effect until midnight on Monday, April 26th uh, for drink or drug driving, not wearing a seatbelt or running a red light. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast. So if you are going out there, make sure you are doing so responsibly. But just quickly, Hayes, um, as I said, great to have you back. The work you did up there, saw some of it on Twitter. I know you and I were exchanging messages on and off throughout the week that you were up there. But the pictures that we see on TV, uh, it's almost sensationalised. You, you cut to a reporter who's maybe standing at a bar and the palm tree in the background looks like it's a bit windy. Mm-hmm. It, do the pitchers do it justice? For the people who aren't actually in those areas, talk us through, A, why they should be donating to the Lord Mayor's appeal, but but what you saw while you were up there. Yeah, look, driving in, there was there's a number of big power lines. And you know the surface area of power lines. They're not much. But mm. all of these power lines, in fact, probably 10 to 15 in a row were all on the ground. So that was my first indication that it was quite massive. Then I got into town and there was power lines on many of the roads in the town. You go through the main street. It was all shut off at that point. And it was really eerie. And just about every building in the town. So all the businesses have been affected. My first job was the IGA. And they had to throw out a lot of food, which was a bit of a shame to be throwing that away, given the community. But there has been about 80 households that have been effective, and many of them have been deemed not livable. So a lot of families had to make a tough decision to either move out of town or move to neighbouring Horrocks Beach or, or Calbarry or Port Gregory to move in and give themselves some accommodation for a period of time. So it is difficult on them. And the challenging time is going to come in the next year or two because a lot of the builders up there were already stretched out for a year. So no new building was starting for a year. Now you add all these uh, places into it, it's going to stretch out to two to three years. Some were insured, some weren't. Many of the farmers too did it tough and this time of year those will know farmers are getting busy with seeding and they've had to actually move on to seeding before the cleanup. So, you know, for them it's going to be a tough time as well. So if you can support, it's a great community and um, no doubt if something happens in the future to other communities, they will be a community that gets around those people as well. So do your best. Yeah, and the building construction industry at this point in time, given the government mm. grants, is already 
flat chap. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to take even longer for those people to rebuild if they have the funds uh, and or loans or the, the resources to do it. So our hearts go out to everyone up there and a great work by you. And one other thing, when it does occur, when it does open back up, whether that be Calbarry, Port Gregory, Horrocks, Northampton, make sure when you're going through, even if you're going to Shark Bay, Coral Bay, Stop in and support the community in some way. Whether that's buying fuel, going to the shops in town, the cafes, do your very best. It's going to be appreciated for the long term. No, absolutely. We should do that. Uh, if you are going up there this weekend, double demerits are now in effect until midnight on Monday, April 26th for speeding or using a mobile phone or radar detector while driving as well. Get caught and you could lose your licence twice as fast, so make sure you are responsible. Hayes, a quick dig. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Now, you and I are in complete agreement with this. In fact, I was listening to a, a certain former Eagles footballer this morning on radio who's had it up on his Twitter. Should we have or are you a fan of Thursday Night Footy? 89%. Yeah. So, yes. And yet, the AFL releases their fixtures. Nah, no more Thursday Night Footy. I hope, I hope with, with my fingers and toes crossed that they bring it back for the buy rounds. In previous seasons, they have done that excluding obviously the the COVID season but they have done that in the past but why is it not yet here to stay it's obviously a ratings winner the footy public love it I think the players maybe not coming off the four or five day break into the Thursday night going but after that you're getting a 10 day break sometimes I think it balances itself out yeah but you don't have to have the five day break if you have some prior planning you can Mm. make sure that it is a six day break and in some cases with teams that play the Thursday night they have the seven day break so it can work it's a big winner the AFL's made a big blue here as you said the ratings on Thursday are better than Friday because Friday what do we do we all go out Thursday what's on TV nothing Nothing. you want to watch it and they're losing advantage to other codes that are stealing that Thursday night time slot so get it done the AFL very disappointing and look I'd be surprised next year if we don't have it full time not just at the start of the season Mm. the end full time one or two per club let's get it done Dial before you dig. The essential first step, don't dig yourself into a hole. You can lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. Tony Goldskeen from the North Melbourne Footy Club caught up with you, Hayes, earlier in the week along with our friend Carl Langdon. We'll have his chat next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hayes will be back with you on your Saturday morning. Hope you're having a wonderful start to the day wherever you are in Western Australia. Hayes, yourself and our very own Carl Langdon. Lucky enough earlier in the week to catch up with North Melbourne big man Todd Goldstein. Of course, they take on the Fremantle Dockers later on today right here in Perth. This is what he had to say. Welcome, mate. How are you going? G'day, guys. Going well. Uh, you'd like to win a game, though, I'm sure, mate. It'd be pretty hard at the moment, given the way that you've been tracking. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't, wouldn't go astray. But, you know, I think I think the last couple of weeks have been much more positive, and, you know, I, I think that's the the catalyst to hopefully some better performances, and, and hopefully that win's not too far away. More competitive against Geelong, but how different has it been playing under David Noble this season? Oh, it's, it's, it's very, very different in terms of the style of play that, that he wants us to play, and I think that's probably been the the hardest thing for everyone is that we've got, you know, I think we've got something like 10 or 12 new coaches, uh, 13 new players, so it's just about trying to make sure everyone understands the, the expectations and, and understands the game plan in and out, and, and with a shortened pre-season as well, it was probably the perfect storm to, to take a little bit of time. 
Now, just having a look at uh, who's been available to you each week, mate, it's been a little bit up and down with personnel, particularly some experience like Ben Cunnington was out for a while. Trent DeMont, who was one of your developing young midfielders, has been out for a while. Jed Anderson, unfortunately, uh, was out. Then he came back. Now he's back out. And that hurts, doesn't it, when you lose that calibre of player? And Aidan Kaur's probably another one who you got down from Greater Western Sydney, and he's on the sidelines at the moment. Yeah, definitely, and you know, even Robbie Tarrant, is, is, who's been our, our, our vice captain for the last few years as well, hasn't, hasn't been around. So, Lucky McDonald. Yeah, we definitely, yeah, we, de- we definitely expected to have all those guys, and that doesn't help. And you know, I think on the weekend we had something like thirteen players that had played under thirty-four games or something. Like I heard so. You know, it's a very, very young side, and I think the the beauty of that though is that we're, we're getting games with these young kids, and, and quite a few of them are, are showing that they have a lot of potential, which is which is very pleasing, and I think should give all our supporters, that, that hope for the future. How is Aaron Hall? He was knocked unconscious. It's a shame because he was starting to play some good footy after being inconsistent for a while. Yeah, I, I think he's going all right. He actually hasn't been at the, the footy club too much this week. Under the, the new protocols, they, they keep him pretty quiet for the first sort of five or six days. So Aaron, I think, is, has a fair bit of time away from the footy club this week. But I think he's, he's doing okay and he, he's slowly getting there. But yeah, it was disappointing because he had a great game against Adelaide and had started the game really dangerously against the, the Cats as well. Cameron Zerha coming back from a concussion and Luke Davis Uniaki also listed as a test. Are both those players likely to make the trip? Uh, as long as they pull up fine from, from today's session. So all going well at the moment. I think they'll be they'll be on the plane. Um, but you never quite know. I think mean, we had our main session today, so I think we'll be just keeping an eye, making sure they pull up all good. And if they do, then they'll definitely be on the plane. What do you make of Frio, mate? Uh, they, like you, had a lot of their uh, senior players out. Uh, they had injuries to talls and then injuries to smalls. But um, they've been able to manufacture a pretty good brand of footy up to this point in the season. Yeah, I've, I've only seen bits and pieces. because We haven't really had too many similar oppositions. So I've only really started watching them over the last week. But it's very impressive. I think the way they've managed to to hold the ship steady with, with the injuries because, yeah, that that's probably the hardest thing when you do lose some key players. It is hard to, to keep going. But, you know, they had a really impressive game against Adelaide last week and they're always a, a, a tough game to, to play over in Perth. So I think we're looking forward to the challenge and hopefully it should be an exciting game. And Sean Darcy, mate, so who's going to be your main opponent, uh, he's been in career best form. Not only has he been rucking well, but he's been pushing forward, taking some goals, uh, taking some marks, obviously, and kicking some goals, which I know you like to do. Yeah, he's, he's turned into a, a very, very good player, Sean. And I think when, when you're, what, he's about 200 and, 110 kilos, sorry. So at 110 kilos and just over 200 centimetres, it's a, a pretty formidable opposition player to come up against but you know I think you know, I think he's, he's developing well hopefully with the help of someone like a, a Tom Campbell we can we can try and make it a little bit harder for him more with Todd Goldstein coming up here on off the bench off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver welcome back to off the bench Rob Beaver Paul Hazelby still with you on your Saturday morning hearing from North Melbourne big man Todd Goldstein now, Goldie, when we talk about the great Ruckman, we talk about Gorn, Grundy, Nat Nui, Goldstein included in that discussion. And you're the perfect man to ask because it has been topical with the form of Max Gorn recently. Who do you find the toughest to ruck against after the against those three? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the hard thing about those three is they're all incredibly different Ruckman. So, you know, I think, obviously, you don't really want to come too much up against Nat Nui in the centre bounces and immediately after when he, his follow-up is 
is probably the best out of the three of them. And then you've got Grundy's ability to, to cover ground and, and get involved in, in chains is is probably the hardest of the, of the three of them. And then just Max is, I think, probably he's probably the hardest just because of he's probably got the all-round game of he's got that height and the size that is hard to move and hard to navigate around. But he's also now starting to go forward, kick goals and, and get involved in the play. So I reckon Max is probably the, the hardest out of those three now. And would he yap the most as well? I reckon he would, given his, uh, his sort of extroverted personality. He'd be the talker, wouldn't he, or not? Yeah, out of, out of those guys, definitely. Yeah. I think the, the other two aren't overly, aren't overly chatty. So, um, yeah, Max definitely doesn't mind a, have a bit of a chat to you. Over here, many of us were surprised with the North Melbourne selection of Will Phillips ahead of Logan McDonald because we know a lot about Logan. He was good in the competition here. He's taken the pick before Will Phillips. But tell us a bit about this kid. Do you think in time he's going to be the right selection for your club? Yeah, I, I, I feel incredibly sorry for any recruiter and any list manager who's doing the draft because it's very, very hard to, to predict as an 18-year-old kid who's going to be the better player in, in 10, 15 years' time. But from what I've seen from Will so far, I think he, he has the potential to, to be a future leader of the footy club. And you know, obviously, he's missed a lot of footy last year, as, as a lot of the players did. And I think he, he's starting to find his feet a little bit, but... You know, he's a he's a very very good inside mid. He, he he moves pretty well. He's a good kick. So you know, I think the club is also looking at going. He's he's the the future to take over from someone like a Ben Cunnington. So you know, I can definitely see why the club drafted drafted him. And you know, I don't know a lot about Logan, but you know, I've been very very impressed with with the type of kid Will is, and and hopefully what the player he can become. That is good to hear. Now, last night we had a bit of a discussion on our show about the bounce, and you're one of the best ruckmen in the comp. How do you feel about the bounce? And if it was to exit our game, how would you feel about that? I really enjoy it, to be honest. And, you know, I, I look back to probably 10 years ago and go, when, when Aaron Sandlands was rucking, if the umpires didn't stuff up a bounce, there was no chance of getting hit out. So <laughs> you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt sometimes just to, to get a cheap one. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who enjoys it. I, I I think it's it is an aspect that makes our game really unique, and I think you know I think we could probably cut the umpires a little bit of slack and go well you know if you if you stuff up a bounce I reckon just play on, but you know I, I don't think it's it's that hideous that we need to get rid of it. I, I don't see the the point in getting rid of it. It's a, it's a nice little point of difference. Righto. Uh, while we're on that point of difference, then they decided the AFL to make a few rule adjustments, including the statue and allowing the opposition team a little bit more freedom when bringing the ball back into play. How do you feel that's worked now five rounds into the season? It's definitely sped the game up. That's for sure, uh, and it's made it a lot harder to to defend. Um, but I, you know, I think I was probably a big question mark on it when it first came in. I, I wasn't too sure how it was going to work, but I can see the way it's the way it's working. I can see that it is opening the game up and is allowing that short kick to, to move play and, and move defenders. So, you know, as much as I don't like making too many rule changes, I think we do change the rules far too often. Um, I think this one has definitely been a bit of a positive so far, just in terms of speeding the game up and, and opening up a little bit more. And I don't think there's been too many horrendous free kicks that we might have seen in the preseason. There you have it, Todd Goldstein from the North Melbourne Footy Club Hayes, and a big game, more so for Fremantle. I think it's interesting that North have been playing better in recent weeks. 
But uh, look, the Dockers, they really need to, to do this and do this convincingly if they're to, to keep touch with the ADA. I think if they could be, you know, a 500 team thereabouts come, let's say, round 10, around the bye, whenever that ends up happening. Of course, the AFL haven't quite released those fixtures yet. Uh, well and truly in the box seat to make a play at finals under Justin Lomu's second season, which I think would be a fantastic effort for them. This is Off the Bench. Plenty more still to come. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench, Rob Beaver. Paul Hayes will be great to have him back on the program this morning. Uh, let's run through our tips for the rest of the AFL weekend after that game last night between the Dogs and the Giants. Now the Cats and the Eagles. This one, was it 15 years, 16 years since the Eagles had their miracle down there? No Josh Kennedy. I don't see how anyone can tip the Eagles in this one. I'm not saying Geelong's super convincing, but I don't know how you tip the Eagles in this one. It's fascinating that stat. 2006 was the mm. year, but they haven't played there too often. No. I don't think there's been many games. They certainly don't I think play there. there's three or four, I think, yeah, since then. So mm. it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Look, the Cats are just going. They have three wins on the trot, the same as the West Coast Eagles. Big challenge now for Jack Darling and also Oscar Allen. Mm. He seems to be the money man at the moment. Everybody's talking about how good he is. Well, I want to see how good he goes with Josh Kennedy out of the team and him starting closer to goal and having the best defender on him this week. But I think Geelong are still the team down there to beat. It hasn't been the same fortress as it mm. once was, Geelong. And I'm not, not sure of the reason. Maybe some teams are getting better, but I think they'll be too strong. Dangerfield hurts, but Jeremy Cameron back into that side should be enough for them. Sydney and the Gold Coast. I would love to see the Gold Coast get up in this one. I, I maintain, I don't know if I've ever, ever expressed this view on this program, Hayes, but I maintain they have the best song in the AFL. Nobody agrees with me because nobody's heard it. I think they've won about 13 games in 12 years or something. But the Swans, for me, in this one, I think will get over the line. Oh, I think the the Suns can win this one. Mm. I'm not going to tip them, but I think they can, given where they're at. And when your team gets a lot of scrutiny and pressure placed on you throughout the week, there's a response. If they don't respond this week, they might as well pack up oh, their and, Gold and Coast just, because they've been the disappointment. And just quickly, all the people bagging in the media, it's like the in thing to do every time Gold Coast gets down a couple of games and they're below 500 in a win-loss record. Give them some time. This is what? How this much is, time? No, 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 no. But what you need to take, you need to separate this because what Stewie Jew is doing, how long has he been? This is his third season, correct? Mm. So he's got arguably the youngest, most inexperienced list. A lot of his high um, or good veteran players have all left the club. Now, yes, that's planning and all the things that the club should have done to keep them. Fair enough. But he's had one season with them. He's had a COVID season with them, and now his Ruckman and arguably his best player are out, and they're a young developing team. Give him a little bit of slack. Brisbane Lions and Carlton, I'll back the Lions in this one, Hayes. I'm going Carlton in this mm. one. Like, the same reason I think the Suns are a chance. They have been belted, and they made some changes, and I think they're going to be the team to beat in this one. Melbourne, Richmond. This is a real barometer. Melbourne um, have had a... Not difficult, uh, I suppose, start to the season, but they have beaten all those who have come in front of them. This is a real barometer for them. I think if Melbourne can get within four goals of Richmond, I think that's probably a pass mark in terms of where they sit for the rest of the season. I think they'd be happy with that, but I think the Tigers could get a hold of them by 10-plus here. Goals, I mean. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. This is Melbourne. Are, are, are this you, is their big big yeah, day. Are you are you really backing in Melbourne? I'm to, not. I'm going to tip yeah. Richmond, but how, it's how going much? to be close. Richmond I, I don't think it'll be that close. as well as they have in previous years. No. And Melbourne, these guys are the real deal. Just imagine if they get this one. They'll be 6-0. Mm. and oh. I don't think they will, though. And, of course, they haven't had Ben Brown and Wiedemann. So I'll give them a chance, but I'll stick with the Tigers. Fremantle, North Melbourne. This is... 
a big game in a lot of ways because North need something mm. to give any type of hope to their fans. Whereas the Dockers, if they win this, all of a sudden you go, right, if you can keep this going throughout, maybe until you get to the bye rounds, finals, Hayes. Do we dare say the F word in regards to Fremantle this year? Yeah, four and two if they win this one with the West Coast Eagles next and then another home game after that that's very winnable. So you expect them to win in the past. Maybe they drop these games, Mm. but North Melbourne not doing enough at the moment. Hawthorne and Adelaide. This one's a genuine 50-50, but because it's down in Tasmania, I'll back in the Hawks. I'm going the Hawks as well for that reason. Collingwood, Essendon. I'm I'm going the Bombers. Yeah, tell me why. Convince me. Well, because they've been in the last few games, as has Collingwood. They've been okay, but some big outs. When you talk about Jeremy Howe, you talk about Jordan Degoe. There's some star players. Mason Cox went out of the team last week, so there's a bit of uncertainty. Taylor Adams is not there through the midfield. So there's three from each part of the ground that are their, nearly their best players in those areas. You've convinced me. Essendon for me. And finally, Port Adelaide and St Kilda. Uh, the power should do this one reasonably comfortably, I think, at home. Not easily. I think there'll be a response from the Saints. And at some point in the third quarter, they'll be the winning team. But I think Port Adelaide at home will get it done. That's another edition of Off the Bench. Hayes, great to have you back. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. And a reminder that double demerits are now in effect until midnight on Monday, April 26th for drink or drug driving, not wearing a seatbelt or running a red light. Get caught and you could lose your license twice as fast. So be careful out on our roads. Be safe. We'll catch you again next week right here on Off the Bench. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.